Coming up on this episode of the Retirement Reality Podcast, we're talking about the power of delayed gratification. You know, much of what we do in the retirement planning world is about building for the future, but, you know, we're all naturally inclined to take that immediate benefit financially rather than thinking about the rewards that could come from delayed gratification. So today we're going to talk about some different scenarios. It'll be a two-part conversation. we got four to kick off today, so stick with us. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Glad to have you on another episode of the Retirement Reality Podcast. Ben George alongside Mike Coyne and Principal Preservation Services. Mike, how are you as we gear up for the holidays right now? I think great. Season-wise, I, I mean, right in this moment, I have the hiccups, so this is interesting. <laughs> Let's see how interesting this will go. Yeah, we'll put our editors to work today <laughs> to try to clip out as much of that as possible, so you might not even notice along the way, but oh, uh, man. I'm glad uh, the holidays <laughs> and everything's going well for you. You got all your shopping done, or do you do much of that this time of year? We kind of hammer it out in a day. Uh, I've, I've got nothing done. That's just how, <laughs> we, how it goes. We have such a busy December uh, with birthdays and four of our children, plus uh, daughter-in-law, mom, grandson. So there's a, it's a busy month for birthdays. So it's hard to even get Christmas done. Yeah, it gets it, you know it's coming, but it always gets here so quickly, especially once you get past Thanksgiving. So I got some work to do as well. Uh, hopefully, I can get it done in the next week or so. But either way, we uh, we hope that you are prepared for Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate. And we appreciate you being here on the show with us. And today is, is a good topic because, Mike, I know a lot of what you do with your clients is about looking way out in, in the future on a lot of the decisions you make. It's it's not about, hey, what can I do right now, today, financially to, to make a little bit extra money or to, to take advantage today, but it's about what actions can you take now that are really going to set you up for the future. Right. We have to have the big picture. And I say your first day of work should be planning for your last day of work. You know, so y'all's not trying to get uh, lose that that moment of of being in your new position. But you want to be planning for that day when you don't have to work someday. And as excited as as you are coming out of college and starting your new job and or maybe new position or or got a promotion, uh, you should be always looking for that that final that final date. And Again, that's that's uh, looking at the big picture, not just today. Well, we got four situations today that that are pretty common for people that that'll pass up those, or that will take advantage of the, the benefits now to pass up those delayed rewards. But if you have questions or any of these things we talk about today, you want to sit down and actually discuss about your personal situation. You can always get in touch with Mike and the team at Principal Preservation Services. Just visit principalpreservationservices.com, or you can always call eight five five nine eight seven eight eight. Eight, eight. All right. So the first one here, Mike, is is your 401k match. So the situation mm-hmm. that pops up is that people will sometimes pass this up. And I think this is a good example. You know, the holidays is a good time that this might happen, right? Where you have a little extra you need to spend. You have some, some presents to buy or some travel to cover. And it's easy to say, okay, I'm just going to turn off my contributions for this month. We'll start them back up next month, but I'm going to go ahead and pass this month so that I can use this extra money to, to pay for gifts. But we talked about compounding on the show. Even just missing a month can can mean a lot of, of missed opportunity later on. It definitely can. And I'm not if that's the case where you have to cut back on your 401k mat, your contributions, um, you're missing out on that match for that month. And if you're doing that every December or every November and December, that's going to affect you. And um, you know the big thing is you want to be consistent. So it sounds like if that's the case, you have a budget problem and. And you should be working with you know advisor and find out how can you get back within your budget so you don't have to do that every year. 
But we meet people all the, you know, all the time that come in with their 401ks. Either they're not contributing at all, so they're giving up all that free money, and we find out their employer is matching maybe 5% of their salary. So let's just say they have $100,000 a year income. As long as you are contributing 5%, they will match 5%, which means that's five grand you're just giving up. That's over $400 a month of free money that goes in your retirement plan plus growth. And so let's just say you work for that employer for 30 years of your life, right? So that's $150,000 of free money plus the growth. And if that money doubles every seven years, let's call it, you know, that's, you're talking about well over half a million dollars, well over half a million dollars. Um, depends on, you know, what your income's at and what that matches, but um, it could be, it could be as much as three quarters of a million dollars. It doesn't, you know, it, it could be that high. So you definitely don't want to not contribute to get the match, but you also want to make sure you're putting enough to get the full match. So there's other people who are maybe contributing 2%, 3%. They're not doing enough to get extra money up to that match. So make sure you put in at least enough to get that full match. Realistically, you should be looking, um, if you've been in this position for five, seven years, you should be getting your contributions up to 10, 15%, maxing out those contributions over time. And that should, as you get raises, you get a raise, put some in your 401k contributions, save some, spend some. So you have a little bit of fun with it. You have more savings, you have more retirement as well. All right, just don't, bottom line, don't leave that free money on the table. That's so important, and it can add up a lot over time. Right. All right, Mike, here's another good one. I think that you might not really think automatically this is a delayed gratification type of thing or, you know, a financial incentive immediately, but the tax-deferred accounts that you're contributing money to, which is great, right? We're using our IRA, uh, 401k, these traditional accounts that are tax-deferred. So we pass up on having to pay taxes right now. That's our benefit, right? We don't have to worry about paying taxes. We get that that money and put it away into to retirement savings. But the problem is you're going to pay it at some point. And oftentimes that, that bill that comes around later on is going to be more than it would have been had you just paid it up front. Right. And I think that is one of my biggest, uh, my client's biggest regrets, especially in their 401k plans, because maybe their employer wasn't very good about educating the employees about what was available in their 401k plan. A lot of them never did a Roth 401k or they started maybe a year or two years before they retired because they didn't even know that was available all those years. Much better, if you have time on your side, be putting your money into the Roth for a lot of reasons. So once you get into retirement, all that money, yeah, you're paying your taxes now on the Roth, but when you take the money out in retirement, that doesn't count as income. So now when we're looking at bigger picture items, is if you can do as much Roth contributions as possible while you're working, in retirement, there's a good chance that maybe part of your Social Security won't be taxed. None of it will be, even on the federal level, because your your RMDs will there won't be any RMDs because it's it's Roth. Now, typically, most employers, when you put your money into a Roth, the employers will match into the pre-tax. So there's always going to be some money going into that. But we can you can work on doing some Roth conversions if you need be starting in 2024, I believe it is, with the Secure Act 2.0 that you can, your employers can actually be doing their match into the Roth as well, but then you have to claim that as income. So I'm a big fan of it, if you can. Now remember, Roth IRAs, some people don't qualify. They make too much money to contribute to a Roth IRA. But inside the Roth 401ks and Roth 403bs, you can take advantage of that. So there's a benefit to taking advantage of these employer sponsor plans. And last thing on this, Ben, is 
bigger picture, again, Social Security, some states don't tax it, some do. 11 states still do tax Social Security. But when you're keeping your income lower, we're finding people who have large IRA or large 401k accounts have problem with Medicare, the IRMA tables. And if you make too much money when you're taking out those RMDs, you pay more money for health care. Now, if you did the work ahead of time and did Roth contributions, mostly, now you, you shouldn't have that big issue when you get in retirement and you won't pay more money for health care. Yeah, there's a lot to think through here and, and a lot of planning this involves. So again, make sure you're, you're making the, the most out of the contributions you're putting in and, and making sure that you're looking at it from a, uh, a big picture perspective that you're doing the right thing. They'll really benefit you most in retirement, but it can be easy because you see those, those tax benefits right off the bat. Mm-hmm. All right, to, talking about some delayed gratification, the benefits of that where patients pays off and I think, you know, emergency funds are important. We talk about that all the time, Mike, building up an emergency fund, making sure you have cash on hand in case a major expense or a life event pops up. But because that money's just sitting there and it's, it's liquid and it's easy to get to, very accessible, it's so easy and so tempting to just dip into that a little bit to pay for some expenses, Mike. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll fill it back up. I'll, I'll save some money and, yeah. and get it back to where it needs to be. But, man, it can really hurt you if you don't have that money there when you truly need it. Yeah, and... Um it's great having money. I've, of course, the banks are paying better than they ever have this last year, which is great. That's an incentive for people to put more money into banks. I like that. We're starting to see, I know my clientele have more money in the bank because of these higher rates. But when you need that money, don't you know? Don't be lying to yourself. It's like setting your alarm, You know, setting the clock back nine minutes on your alarm just so you can trick yourself to get up early, right? You know, for those issues. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be taking money from your emergency funds. That's what it's there for. I know it can take a while if you have some bad habits with with finances to get a while to be comfortable having that much money there. But you know, I love it. I love looking at the accounts and know that man. If I, you know, if I had some major illness and I was out of work, you know, we're we're set for for a while. Angie doesn't have to worry about that, and that's really what it's there for. Having six to twelve months of your expenses set aside somewhere in cash, checking savings, maybe a CD, cash on hand in the safe you know, to cover your expenses. If you're retired while you're working, we do recommend about three to six months of expenses while working. And I say, well, I have a, I have the credit cards. I go, the credit cards is not your bank. Hmm. Credit cards should be used as a convenience factor. I use my credit cards all the time and, but I pay them off every month and sometimes multiple times a month because I don't pay interest. I use my credit cards for me to make more money. And that's what the mentality should be. Your credit cards are a convenience factor not writing out checks and things like that and getting paid and take advantage of that, uh, the free money, the free rewards that they give you, not as a bank account. And either is a home equity line of credit. That's not either. Either is your stock account. That's non-qualified. That's not an IRA. Yeah, you can liquidate them, but you're forced to sell wherever the market's at. So make sure you have a true emergency fund. Yeah, having a true emergency fund in place is so important to protect you should things come up. It's, you don't want to have that extra stress that you could have avoided if possible. All right, what about this one, Mike? Uh, kind of the similar uh, idea is, you know, you have a major expense pop up. Maybe you want to do a home remodel or, you know, buy a new car as, as you're in retirement or getting close to retirement. But you decide, well, let me just tap into that 401k or that IRA a little early, cash out part of that and, and use that money to pay for it. But the true cost of that is going to be much greater than it is actually what you're going to pay for that that item that you want to buy. 
Oh, exactly. Yeah, I, I can admit in my 20s I did this stupid thing. You know, I cashed out a 401k in my 20s. I will admit this <laughs> on here. And how stupid was that? I think I had an account that was about 35, 40 grand in my 20s, and I did it. And what a what a stupid decision I made <laughs> because that – and then I looked at when I did it, it was actually – you know, bad time in the market, so I sold it lower as well. I had an opportunity to quadruple those funds without contributions even. And I was like, what was I thinking? It just said, you know, I'm fine today. I don't have to worry about any of that for, you know, I could retire, you know, if I wanted to. But that really, it, it bugs you about, bugs me about what I lost by letting my money not be in the market for all those years. And I've seen people, other people do it. So not only you 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 lost that opportunity for the exponential growth over time, and not only that, but you also pay a 10% IRS penalty plus regular income taxes on it. It's just, you know, and it's hard. You have to get to a point where where finances and, and bigger numbers uh, m- might not be in your family tree. And I, I meet with a lot of people they have never come from anything. And when they see something of significance, they sometimes think this is going to solve the, the problem. And, you know, I did house stuff with it, which is stupid. Um, yeah, I, I granted, I, I put equity into the house, and I, I don't even, I can't even tell you all the stupid things I did with it. <laughs> but that's what we learned. But I had to learn from that. And we just don't want you to go and do those same things that, that I've done and others have done because, you know, how long did it take to build up $40,000? You know, it doesn't happen in you're in a 401K. That takes a while with good market conditions and employer match. So you just probably lost, you know, I probably lost like seven years of, seven years of, uh, of work and re, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, six, seven years of savings. You just, you know, now you put more pressure on yourself to get that money back. So you didn't, you didn't truly need to take that money out. It wasn't a necessary expense per se. It wasn't. Yeah. And I wasn't, I didn't know what I know today. Right. And just talking with, Angie, I'm like, yeah. She's like, you have that money there. I'm like, yeah. And I'm not blaming Angie by any means, but I'm just, I, I'm like, yeah, let's let's do that. And I just uh, didn't know what I, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's very frustrating, but you know, we've recovered. You know, and uh, I've seen it. I've seen people do that, and they take money out and they pay the taxes. And I've seen other people. I've known other people who have had IRAs and they're in their 20s or early 30s and they've done that same thing and they're just setting themselves back. They're setting themselves yeah. back. Yeah, and that, that's part of it, Mike, is we don't, we don't know. We don't, we're not educated well enough early on, right, to know what that truly means when you pull that money out or, you know, any of these things that you – these actions you might take that you truly don't know what the, the, the long-term detriment could be over time. And, and that's part of what we, you know, why we do this podcast is to help make people aware of this so that you can, you can learn from these mistakes. But the good news is even if, you know, like yourself, even if you do make these mistakes when you're younger, there is time to recover. You just got to make sure you're following a plan and, and have that in place. So you know, the steps you need to take to, to not do that same thing again. Yeah. And you need somebody safe to talk to somebody who's educated. It's usually not the coworker who thinks they know everything, right? You need to talk to some professional who will give you some unbiased advice in time uh, to explain these these things to you when you try to figure out your on your own when you're raising kids and having your careers and you have zero time on your on your schedule i get it it's tough but that's where you have to lean in on somebody who can help you out a little bit Uh, you can always lean on principal preservation services to help you out if you have questions for mike about what we discussed today or anything 
dealing with your financial or retirement planning needs, you can always get in touch at 855-987-8888 or online at principalpreservationservices.com, which is where we had a couple questions come from this week, Mike, that I want to tackle before we get out of here. And again, we're going to finish up this delayed gratification conversation with four more items on our next episode, so make sure you subscribe. But our questions today, we'll start off with one from Dan who says, I've always donated to several different charities at the end of each year, but since the tax law has changed a few years ago, it seems it didn't benefit me from a tax standpoint. Am I missing something here, or does it really not help my taxes anymore? And yes, I do realize that there are other reasons to give to charity other than tax breaks. But he makes yeah. a good point here, Mike. Yeah, tax breaks are great if we could take advantage of it, and charities need your money here. We're end of the year as well. Uh, you're right, Dan, uh, that the tax laws have changed because they've, they've raised the standard deduction so much higher that less and less people are itemizing their taxes. So when you're giving to charity uh, right now, unless you're itemizing, you're not gonna realize that that gift to a charity. Um, that's why, you know, and I don't know how old you are, Dan, but there is an option. So if you have, you know, IRAs that you have, if you're 70 and a half or older, you can uh, send some of your money from your IRA directly to a charity and they get that money tax-free and you don't have to pay taxes on that money so typically like you know the rmd law was in effect at 70 and a half now it's postponed to 73 and for some people up to 75. once you're 70 and a half you can send some or all of your rmds required minimum distribution from your ira to a charity and that's tax-free to them and you don't have to pay taxes so that's the best way to do it instead of you say taking out 10,000 rmds dollars from your rmds Paying taxes, just say 22 and 8, so 30%, you net 7, you give 7 to the charity and you don't see anything, but you're down 3 grand. Mm -hmm. You can send that 10,000 directly to that charity. They get the full amount. You don't pay taxes on it. All right, great question, Dan. Thanks for that. Again, you can follow up with Mike and his team at 855-987-8888. All right, uh, one from Olive as well. who says, I just started a new job and won't be eligible for their 401k until I've been there for six months. Where should I be saving money in the meantime? Yeah, Olive, if you have money saved, so make sure you have that emergency account that we talked about on this episode as well. I think that's great to have, you know, that three to six months of your your expenses set aside. After that is met, make sure that you're getting uh, money into an IRA. So it's, it's great to have a 401k at work, but also you should have something like a Roth 401k if you qualify income-wise or your own traditional IRA. So I would look at opening up one of those as well so you can have both and you're not just focused on the investment options that they have in the 401k plan. All right, thank you all for that question. And Dan, as well, if you have anything on your mind you want to send to us, Again, you can do so by visiting principalpreservationservices.com or call Mike and the team at 855-987-8888. All right, Mike, I guess maybe the hiccups are gone. Hope I didn't jinx it, but uh, good, <laughs> yeah, episode, gone. good episode as always, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Investment advisory services offered through Alpha Star Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Alpha Star, Principal Preservation Services, LLC, and Principal Wealth Services, LLC are separate and independent entities. Insurance products are offered through Principal Preservation Services, LLC, a Minnesota and Wisconsin insurance agency. Investment advice is offered through Principal Wealth Services, LLC. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and 
and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products offered by Principal Preservation Services, LLC. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered or guaranteed by AlphaStar.